Ian, the sexiest man alive. He's in the Thursday night football booth right now. We're not talking about Al Michaels or Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> have they been nominated? Has Kirk been nominated at some point? <laughs> he's a finalist. He's not yeah. the sexiest. He is a, yeah, yes, he's, Jason he's a Kelsey finalist. is a finalist Nominee. for sexiest man alive right now. And he is in the Thursday night football booth. His star is rising at the same time Travis Kelsey's star is rising. Look at Taylor Swift. <laughs> She's out here just hey, Hold on a minute. Hey. everyone. The big fella getting nominated has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I mean, he is striking a blow for overweight fellas like myself from across the globe. Forget coast to coast and border to border. This is continent to continent. Jason Kelsey. Good luck, big fella. Get it done, man. Get it done. For all the big bloated, you know what? I almost said something I shouldn't. Across the globe, man. Get it done, man. Take home the title, big fella. Here we go he does, now. He does have like a certain lumberjack-esque appeal Big. almost to him, right? Bad. Bearded. <laughs> I Baby, I'm not saying that part. I don't. Can you be called fat if you're an if, if you if it's no, he, no, quite he, literally he, he's, a, he's a requirement of your job? Husky, you know? husky. Yeah, and and also if you're the most optimum of athletes. I you know, feel we like talk- I, don't th- I don't think of those. I yes, I get O linemen are you know tend to have some bulk to them, but I do not think of those guys as fat. Yeah, no. Well, because, some are, some are, but he is but one of those dudes that does, does not need to use a mirror in order to see his feet. I mean, he, he's actually no, in shape, no. especially he's, as a center. He, when he stops playing, he's one of those guys that's probably just Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. He'll, he'll, Slim he'll, down right away. Yeah, he'll, he'll, most offensive lineman. Nate Newton told me this years ago. For, you know, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion for the Dynasty Cowboys of the '90s. When he retired, he said, "You know what? I let everybody know I'm gonna go get filthy fat," and he did. And he said, "Linemen do one of two things: mm-hmm. either get even bigger." Or lose a Backstreet Boy, which I thought mm-hmm. was a great line, right? <laughs> the equivalent the weight of a Backstreet Boy. And Jeff Saturday went the other way. Mike Golick Jr. went the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, I think, yeah, I'm with you. Jason Kelsey will, uh, will be uh, tip-top shaping. Oh, and if you happen to miss our conversation with Mike Tannenbaum, former Jets GM, NFL insider here for us at ESPN now, he gave a great breakdown of why most every other team, either in the NFL or or in college football, speaking of Jason Kelsey, can't replicate what the Eagles do on fourth and short in that tush-push or brotherly shove or whatever you want to call it. You know, I just call it a rugby scrum. It's because they've got two guards that were former centers also, one being Landon Dickerson, you know, national champion from Alabama. You have Jason Kelsey who gets – he defies all laws of physics. He gets so low with so much power. And you have Jalen Hurts who can squat a house. You can't – it's a copycat league, and people are trying to copy what the Eagles have done, Amber, but you can't replicate those two guards, Jason Kelsey, finalist, sexiest man of the year, and a mean SOB on the field, <laughs> and a quarterback that can squat a Corvette, right? I mean, you, that's not easy. You can't copy that, and that's why Philadelphia is able to guarantee a first down on fourth and one every single time, and these college teams and other NFL teams, when you watch them fail, you go, well, how come we can't do it? Well, as Mike T pointed out, that's why you can't do it. Physics. I'm not sure the Jason Kelsey sex appeal has anything to do with the <laughs> success of the Tush Push, but I do think how much Jalen Hurts can squat has everything to do with the with the <laughs> Tush Push guards, and the right? success of it. Right. And and yes, and those guards, it's remarkable that Jason Kelsey 
can even still do. I mean, he's 36 years old Amazing. and he's been real, being relied on in that. But I do think that the, the, the biggest X factor, because there's a lot of big guards in this league, I do think the biggest X factor is who's playing quarterback and, and the fact that he can practically, I mean, he could, he's one of those guys that you could tie a rope around him and he could move a truck, right? I mean, that's yeah, what he's not, he's not ignoring leg built day. For. Yeah, he didn't, right. Yeah. That's what he's built for. And so he can move. He can really help move that line. And most of these quarterbacks just are not. I do wonder, are we going to see a world? If they don't ever change the rules around this thing with how successful it is. No, you why should you? Every, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that they should, but you could practically do it every down. I mean, why not? That could be their entire playbook. If you can't stop it, <laughs> you're going to get three yards every time. <laughs> That's how you win football games, Philadelphia. We're going it Woody time, Hayes. It is time for us. To sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Amber and Ian. And James Steele. Hello, James. Hi. I can see the producer and you freaking out that we just took so long to get to sound on, sound off. I was just off. wondering if we were going to do uh, We'll get to a sound, couple sound of these. Off. Yeah, a couple. Uh, we're going to have a bleed over to the next segment. Let's go. Come on, fire away. Daniel Jones is out for the season with a knee injury. And even before that happened against the Raiders, it kind of felt like the season... Might be a lost one for the Giants. There were even reports that uh, Giants management, they were at the Caleb Williams-Michael Penix uh, junior matchup uh, that weekend since they were in Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Uh, But even with all all of that, our Chris Candy says we haven't seen the last of Daniel Jones. He's going to be the bridge quarterback to whatever the Giants are doing next. I think the Giants use a top 10 pick that they're going to get this year because they're so bad on a quarterback, but I don't think they rush to put that quarterback in there, especially behind that offensive line that's gotten not only your starter hurt, but your backup quarterback hurt too. So I, I, I think Daniel Jones plays for the Giants next year as a bridge to their next franchise quarterback. All right, Ian, have we seen the last of Daniel Jones as the Giants starting quarterback? I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm with Canty here. And I was, I, I was part of the call of that Washington-USC game, and there were 28 NFL teams that were present for that game. Giants had two reps. That tells you all you need to know. They, 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 they weren't just looking at, you know, Odunze, wide receiver for Washington. <laughs> they, they, were, they were looking at Penix, and they were looking at Caleb Williams, along with 28, 27 other teams. I mean, my question is, Amber, where were the other four teams last week? For Washington, USC. If right. your NFL team didn't have a scout there, you got a problem. But I, I, I agree with him. I think that, that Daniel Jones will be the quarterback of the Giants again next year. Daniel Jones will absolutely be the quarterback, even if they draft a quarterback. I wholeheartedly agree with Canty, in part because of that Daniel Jones contract. And it sounds bad when you just read $160 million, right? And what was it, a four- or five-year extension? But... They have an out after the 2024 season, and that's notable here. They literally structured his contract to be able to get out of it. So the contract on the front end sounds bigger than it actually is in reality. They are going to utilize that contract to do just that. They made it. They structured it to be able to draft a quarterback if they need to and give that quarterback an opportunity to develop behind Daniel Jones for a year, and then they can move on from Daniel Jones. So that's what I expect to fully happen here, unless Daniel Jones does something remarkable next season, but he will get that opportunity. I do think we will see him again. All right, up next, uh, on December 12th last year, Kyler Murray tore his ACL, obviously ending his season, his 2022 season, also putting uh, his 2023 season in a lot of doubt. But in the most recent Cardinals injury report, he wasn't on it, so he looks poised to make his debut against the Falcons this week. 
Uh, here's Kyler uh, talking about building a winning culture in Arizona. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, Buddha and, and DJ and all the, all the quotes about how it's been night and day, complete like 180 shifts and stuff like that. I would, I would agree. But, you know, JG and Monty just coming in, I think it comes down to accountability, man, and everybody doing their job. Everybody doing their job, everybody holding each other accountable and setting that standard. And if you break that standard, then, you know, it's, it is what it is. You got to face whatever consequences, regardless if it's me, if it's JG, whoever it is. I mean, if we hold each other to that standard, then that's how you build the culture. You know, you bring in the right guys that are, you know, bought in and willing to do whatever for, you know, the guy next to them. And that's just, I think we're, you know, we're heading in the right direction. Amber, what are your expectations for Kyler and the Cardinals going forward this season? My expectations are that they're going to continue to lose, which the Cardinals have been good at this season, but also maybe continue to give their fans something to watch, which I think is what Gannon has done this season with taking over this program. And I think that you give Kyler Murray an opportunity. He's the quarterback that has been paid. He's the quarterback you need to showboat with anyways from a trade perspective if you ever hope to move off of that contract. We haven't seen him play football in 11 months. But Kyler Murray is a young quarterback. He's a quarterback that for a snippet in the season was in an MVP conversation once. We have seen talent from Kyler Murray in his career. Maybe this coaching staff can cultivate that talent and get out of him what we need. Obviously, the work ethic is a constant conversation with Kyler Murray. Ian, I know that's where you're going to go. I do think if you're the staff, you give him an opportunity, but also an opportunity to show that he's healthy again because you're not going to be able to move him when the dude hasn't played football in 11 months. New coaching staff, as you mentioned, new front office. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if we have a new Kyler Murray because he's talking about accountability and leadership. All right, let's see, Kyler, if you have accountability, if you are a leader, and if you show up on time, and if you're actually watching film, because you better impress this new coaching staff and this new front office if you want to stay there because they didn't draft you and they didn't pay you. I'm fascinated to see what happens. I think also with Kyla Murray, I, and you always say, you know, you, we've all heard the stories about the work ethic, and you always say that it's hard for you to believe it's going to all sort of just turn around because it's hard to change people. But also, if I'm a coach, I'm looking at that player like, so that dude did this? Like, he got here. He got, he got to the top 1% of the 1%. Without watching film, without doing the homework. Imagine if he did. Imagine if he did. And so if I'm a coach, if I'm this Gannon staff, I'm thinking I've got to give it a shot. Because I... Because if because clearly it's so innate in him that if you can get him to do the work on top of it, then imagine what it will be like. And you've got to attempt that at least at some point for some semblance of time. Or then also you got to put him out there so you can move him if you can't get that out of him. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we will continue with sound on sound off because we're up against the clock and we didn't give James Steele his due plus plenty more. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Carolina Panthers, also known as Ian Fitzsimmons' brother's team. <laughs> they are up right now on the Chicago Bears, 10-3. to three. Oh, Son of a... And Bears right now driving down the field. They had fourth and four. They just converted. It is now first and 10 for Chicago. Second quarter, just about five minutes left in the second quarter in this game. We will continue to keep you updated throughout Amber and Ian, which is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We're going to get into some more sound that we might have missed here over the last couple of days. Before we do, though, let's get some more advice from Ian. Bet till your hands bleed. 28-19-2 so far on the year. We'll give you another college play here. Texas Tech only catching four at Kansas. This one stinks. Now, Texas Tech has gone through quarterback hell. Tyler Shook hurt. Baron Morton gets hurt. They're playing a freshman who weighs about a buck oh eight. You know, at, for a... a a couple of games. Now Morden is back last week against TCU, 28 of 36, 282 yards, two touchdowns, Taj Brooks on the ground, buck 46 and a tud. And they're only catching four at Kansas, 16th ranked Kansas. The feel good story with the backup quarterback in Montfrey Bean and for Jalen Daniels. That doesn't smell right. I'll take the points. Give me Texas tech plus the four bet to your hands bleed. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Amber and Ian. And James Steele once again. Hello, James. Hi. How's everyone doing? I'm back. Is, yeah, we're, uh, we're doing about the same as we were last segment, to be honest with you. If you missed that, that segment, in. you can check out the I podcast my, on the ESPN app. I lost my, uh, my note card where I had notes written down. I was trying you to buy stalling. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. How are you? How's the kids? How's the wife? How's the, yeah. All right. So I'm I'm ready now. Uh, Is (laughs) there trouble brewing in San Francisco? Kyle Shanahan has publicly criticized defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes twice in the last two weeks. And now Wilkes is moving from the booth to the sidelines. Here's Kyle Shanahan on just that. Just because of the, some of the stuff you do in the box, you know, all the advantages to it, which are great, but I kind of wanted to be down and be near our players a little bit. Uh, they've had that more just with the linebacker communication in the past, and I want him to be down there so he can talk to guys a little bit more. That's Shanahan's reasoning for bringing Steve Wilkes down to the field. Ian, are they like setting up Wilkes to be the scapegoat here in San Francisco? I don't know about a scapegoat because they've been banged up as hell also. I mean, on both sides of the ball, Debo Samuel, you know, Trent Williams, Fred Warner. I mean, going down the list of guys that have been hurt in this three-game losing streak, I mean, it stings. Uh, so I wouldn't say scapegoat, but I, I, most guys that, I, that I, I talk to prefer to be on the sidelines. I don't know if it was Wilkesy's decision to be up in the booth and not down, but he's going to be now. And so I mean, 
it's it's all about a preference. But if the head coach wants you down there and you prefer to be up, guess what? Sorry, man, you're going back on the field. But I think most coaches, Amber, truly, especially guys like Steve Wilkes, who's a very hands-on coordinator, I would think that he would want to be down on the field. So I wouldn't say scapegoat. I think it's a smart move. I mean, they're on a three-game losing streak. There's going to be frustration, right? Obviously, some of that has to do with injuries, but you've got to make some sort of change, and this just feels like Shanahan talking Wilkes into making a change, right? Like, let's try anything. Maybe if you're down on the field, it will help us improve. I don't know. You know, it depends what you hear. Some people say the booth is better because obviously the view, the vantage point. Others will say you need to be on the field. Is that going to make a big difference? I have no idea. But what I do know is that Wilkes is in his first year in this position with the 49ers and things are not going great right now for a defense that we think of as the best, maybe the second best defense in the NFL. So yes, right now, I'm not shocked that they would be trying to do whatever they can to just sort of break this streak and get back on track. All right. In his time as the Titans starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill has Taking Tennessee to an AFC title game, whenever he took over in the 2019 season, they went seven and three. After he did that, went to the AFC title game, lost to uh, the Chiefs, uh, and okay. also the oh, year okay. after that, he led them to the number one seed in the AFC. But that was a couple years ago. For and then the Chiefs couple of oh, you want, oh we can we can then, talk about that. Chiefs, yeah, and then the Chiefs did the, the thing the next year, and then the, the year after that. When, I mean, when they beat the Titans in the okay, AFC title game, go. they went on to win the Super Bowl, if you want to talk about that. Uh, they beat the 49ers, who, uh, who we just Thanks. talked about. All, All right. right. Back to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. So uh, that was a couple years ago, though. And uh, ever since, they've basically been trying to find its successor. They drafted Malik Willis and Will Levis in consecutive drafts. The latter, who threw four touchdown passes in his starting debut. Here's Ryan Tannehill on... Uh, Losing a starting job. Oh, it hits hard. I mean, never been in this situation before, so, you know, it hits hard. Never a situation that anyone wants to be in, but it's a situation I'm in, so got to walk through it. Yeah, Mike Vrabel officially named Will Levis a starter. Ryan Tannehill back from injury, no longer the starter. Uh, Amber, have we seen the last of Ryan Tannehill as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Oh, man. As a starting quarterback... Hard, maybe. The thing is with Ryan Tannehill is he has had a hell of a career. Maybe that'll get lost in all of this because, you know, he's not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. He is a dude, though, that has been a starter the majority, the overwhelming majority of his career. He's been in the league, Ian, for over a decade at this point, and he's played some really solid football along the way. He's not winning Super Bowls, okay? He's not a highly decorated quarterback, but he's a very solid quarterback that year in and year out with the Titans. With, yes, a lot of that being because of Derrick Henry, but with the Titans, he had them at the top of that conference, right? Year in and year out, and he had them competitive. The thing is, the dude comes in in Will Levis at, what, 23, 24 years old. He balls out. He looks like the future, and he's on a rookie deal. And that's going to unseat you when you're 35, 36 years old every time. That's just how things work unless you're one of the very best. And Ryan Tannehill is not one of the very best, but he's a solid quarterback who's had a hell of a career. I think that the only – I won't say that we won't see him as a starter again because things happen. Teams need starters. Things happen with injury. We're not going to see him as a quarterback of the future for any team again. He's not going to be the long-term plan 
plan for any team again. Could he be a starting quarterback for a season or a half a season here and there when another guy goes down? Of course, he will still be wanted and coveted around the National Football League, but as some sort of backup probably and would be looking looking ahead to, you know, the end of his career here is closer rather than further away. But I don't know how many people realize how solid he's been. I mean, he's been an, a, yeah. an NFL comeback player of the year. He took the Titans to an AFC championship game. I mean, he's been a pro bowler. He's thrown for nearly 35,000 yards. I mean, not many guys have been able to do that. No. So, you know, I, I think a, I'm not big into passer ratings and whatnot, but I think his career passer rating is above 90. So I'm with you. I think he's not appreciated nearly as much as he should be. He's been a very solid quarterback for the for over a decade. With a bunch of different coordinators. <laughs> yes, a bunch of different coordinators. Easy. Different so, coaching staffs. I like Tanny. And people forget how great of an athlete he is. He started as a wide receiver mm-hmm. at Texas A&M. And as he was a starting wide receiver, he was also the team's backup quarterback. And just waiting for, I think it was uh, Johnson who was the quarterback at the time at Texas A&M, and then he gets hurt. Ryan Tannehill goes from wide receiver to quarterback, and the rest is history. So he's had a heck of a run. And as a starter, again, I don't think he will be. But And he's also been banged up the last couple of years. Let's just right. be honest. So, I mean, but he's mid-30s. That's not, I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He's had a hell of a career. Yeah. And, I mean, he put up those numbers. He had most of that career in Miami on some very bad teams under some bad coaching staffs. And still, even being on local all those years, I mean, Ryan Tannehill for seven years were asked, is he good? Is he good? You know, it was never like he's not good. We just weren't we weren't sure. And I feel like that's sort of been the experience with Tennessee. And at the end of the day, you look back on it and it's yeah, he's a solid quarterback. He's not great. But he's a solid quarterback, and he certainly has had a heck of a career over a decade. Anybody who's in the league for over a decade, period, even if you're a backup for over a decade, but this dude has been a starter for the majority of it. There is no shame in getting unseated at this point by the guy who is so, so much younger because they are just headed a different direction there now in Tennessee. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we are headed a different direction as well. Ian's conversation with Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow. You will not want to miss this one ESPN radio is on the ESPN app this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bond, Bet till your hands bleed. We're just right. going against Colorado. Yeah. Plain and simple. Arizona, minus a 10. Buy it down to 10. It's a 10 and a hook on ESPN bet. And in most books, give me the Wildcats. Lay the 10. I don't know what the hell is going on in Colorado. Scoring points wasn't a problem. And Deion Sanders said, you know what? Sean Lewis is going to take play calling away from you and give it to Pat Shermer. It's your defense that's a problem in your offensive line. But, hey, I'm going to lay the points yet again. It's been good to me. Give me Arizona, minus a 10. Bet to your hands bleed. 
Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Eighth-ranked Alabama taking on Kentucky this weekend. That is a noon Eastern game in just about 15 minutes from now. We are going to be taking your phone calls. We're going to open up the phone lines to you. So go ahead and line up. Get in line. Bring us your hottest takes. Whatever you got for us. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729. 3776. But back to Bama this weekend. That team, Ian, will be led by a quarterback named Jalen Milrow. And at one point, that young man was benched this season. Then Saban brought him back. And boy, has he been cooking lately. And so has the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ian had an opportunity to sit down with Jalen Milrow this week as we prepare to have that game here on ESPN Radio. Here is Milrow. Well, Jalen, thanks for your time as always here on ESPN Radio. And what a remarkable performance. Just under 400 yards, four rushing touchdowns as you beat LSU. Now go back to the, the quarterback that you were, the offense that you guys were in September compared to where you all are from an individual perspective and a team perspective right now. What's been the biggest difference? Uh, I think the biggest, the biggest difference is embracing challenges um, and acknowledging that we're not a finished product. I think those are the two things that allowed our team to grow. When I speak team, I speak the whole team, whether it's defense, first team, the offense. I think we've done a good job um, really embracing challenges and then also uh, leaning on our fourth quarter program, leaning on our offseason training, and then leaning on, leaning on our uh, chemistry. Um, I think that's very key uh, to allow our team to be very effective. And then the grit, the hunger, and our finish is what separates us from different teams. I think our team doesn't lay down um, at all. I think uh, – when we say fourth quarter, we really we truly mean that, and we try to live by that as much as possible, um, playing a complete game. Uh, to speak about the offense, I think our offense is steadily growing, and we're nowhere near the finish line as far as where we want to be at. Uh, our biggest thing we try to harp on is doing our job. I think that's very important for all of us to be really effective is just doing our job, doing what's asked for, um, really leaning on our training, leaning on our preparation. And uh, our Coach Reese is doing a great job um, leading us. And uh, all we try to do is take the direction from our coaching and learn from them uh, as much as possible. And then, uh, like I said, we try to soak up all information, be a sponge to information, and uh, knowing that we're not a finished product. So uh, we're excited for the future because we're nowhere near the finish line. Jalen Miller, our quarterback, Alabama Crimson Tide, joining us here on ESPN Radio. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. What's the best advice? You mentioned the coaching staff there. and We'll, we'll yeah. get to Coach Tommy Reese in a second, but what's the best advice you've gotten from your head coach, Nick Saban? Play the next play. It might sound cliche, but it's very important to play the next play, whether it's a positive play, negative play, um, play the next play. Um, I think that's very true. And I think uh, falling back to your level of training, I think that's very important. Um, And I take a lot of pride in uh, having a coach like Coach Saban lead us because um, I try to soak up all the information from him. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of teaching here and – I think we're just steadily growing. Elaborate a little bit more on that because that, that fascinates me. I, because watching you earlier in the year and then you know when we talked to post game in Mississippi State, you're just having a blast out there. But early on, if you missed a throw, it looked like it really got to you. Is that is that where that advice came from? Like, man, don't let one bad play affect the next play? Yeah, um, I think one thing was that um, no one's going to hold me to a higher standard than myself. Amen. Um, and... I, I try to, you know, the biggest thing I had to learn was not, we we can never be perfect, but we can strive for, for perfect, 
perfection. There's only one one person that walked this earth that was perfect, and it was, and it was my Lord, Lord and Savior. So for me to think that I'm going to be perfect is very false. Um, and uh, But on the other hand, Coach Saban has done a great job just really telling me, you know, it's just all about playing the next play and we're having the mindset of now. Then that's very important to be successful and play and to play this position and having the mindset of now. And uh, that's that's how I try to approach the game, and that's honestly allowed me to grow. Man, it looks like you're just having a blast out there. I mean, how how, how much fun is it to go out with your guys and just go, man, let's just go play? Yes, man. Football is fun. You know, this is this is a game I've been playing all my life. You know, and to to have unnecessary stress is not going to allow you to grow and be the best player you can be. So I try to have as much fun as possible, but. What allows me to really have fun is just being around the guys, man. That's 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 what I truly, truly admire. You know, as I take the field Saturday, is just really having the next opportunity to be with my teammates. Jalen Milrow, quarterback of one of the best teams in college football, the Alabama Crimson Tide, joining us here on ESPN Radio, getting you ready for another big weekend coming up. And I can't believe it's Week Eleven already. I mean, wh- where where'd the season go, Jalen? I mean, do you feel the same way as fans <laughs> do and analysts do? Like, wait, we're in Week Eleven. <laughs> Man, yeah, the, the season is rolling, man. But you just got to appreciate the game because it just, it's just flying by. I, I do I definitely agree, you know. Oh. Uh, now we're, we're here and during this week. It's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> uh, it is, man. And uh, this is this is money time, right? This is crunch time. When you come across the holidays, this is when you got to be playing your best ball. And you have a unique relationship with two former Alabama quarterbacks, one Alabama and Oklahoma, and Jalen Hurts, a Heisman Trophy candidate and finalist, and then Bryce Young, a Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick who plays for my brother now with the Carolina Panthers. How often do you talk to those guys and lean on the, on those guys a bit? What's that relationship like? Yeah, um, I think two characteristics that they both have is mental toughness, and that is something um, that all quarterbacks need to be successful and catapult them to where they want to be in the future. And I think those guys do a great job um, enhancing that. And that is something that I admire from both of them. Um, but I talk to those guys a lot. Um, and those, those, are, those are two guys um, that I consider my brothers. And, you know, I'm happy um, for all the success and all that it took for them to get there. So those, I talk to them a lot. I love it, man. What's your offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, like? Man, I love, I love Coach Reese, man. We, we have a great relationship. I think – what allows someone to have a really good relationship in the, in you know in this profession is beyond football having just a a relationship off of football and I think me and him have a great relationship and um with that and so I admire that a lot and then you know I'm just soaking up so much information out of him because he's so smart. Can he still sling it? Yes, he can. It's funny because like we'll do a drill every now and then. He'll hop in, let me throw this ball, and he'll throw a spiral. We're like, wow. <laughs> He still got he still it. Got it dog. Still got it, dog. Yeah, I love it, man. Hey, as we turn, get ready to turn you loose. You got a big game, obviously, coming up against Kentucky, man, and you had a heck of a run, and it's been a remarkable ride for you. What do you do to get away from the game, just to kind of dial out? I know Bryce used to, used to cook a lot, probably still does. Yeah. Uh, what What do you yeah. do just to step away and kind of check out? I think what I do, I think this is something kind of different, but I like to watch like. Younger game, meaning like high school. I like watching high really? school because, like, yeah, I like watching high school games because that is. If it wasn't for my high school, I wouldn't have got to where I am. I am now. So I, that's where I like really try to like take my mind off of college football and like really put my mind in high school football. You know, just to get my mind off of it and just and then also just man appreciating the journey that it took for me to get here. So I think that's something I do to get away from football. 
I mean, really quickly, go back to that young man. I live in Dallas, Texas. Go back to that young man okay. that was in Katy, Texas, right? Right outside yeah. of Houston. That's yeah. a powerhouse, folks. Right. Andy Dalton was there. I mean, he came out of Katy. I mean, there's been some studs right. that have come out of Katy, Texas. Go back to that young man when he was maybe 6th, yeah. 7th grade and tell him this yeah. is where he's going to be. What would that young man have said? Yeah. I'll say the, this, the young man that I was would be very proud of who I am now. To, to think that I would be here. You know, a lot of doubters, a lot of, a lot of trials, tribulations, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that took, you know, along this journey, man. It's just, it's just a wild journey, you know. And, and I appreciate it as much as possible. I'm humbled um, to be to have this opportunity because um, not too many people have this opportunity to play Division One football, you know, especially, um, you know, with the journey that I have, you know, and, and being told that I couldn't play the position, being told to switch positions, being told I wasn't smart enough. I would never have the opportunity to play for Alabama, and now look where I am. So I'm just embracing the challenges, embracing the naysayers, and having fun along the journey. Well, now you understand, folks, where that drive comes from. As you, every time Alex Thompson, one of your sports information directors, when he, when he sends you a text, what's your instant reaction every time you see his name? He, that's my dog. So I, I heart his message and I holler at him. So that, that's, my, that's my dog. I be, I be looking forward to his text. You know, he, he give me a smile every day. So I, I appreciate his text. You know, hey, we that's love AT. Dog, so, we yeah. love AT. We put him on scholarship, and it is free every now and then, right? So there we go. Yeah, he, he's good people. <laughs> Jalen, man, continued success. Can't wait to watch you play. It's been a joy, man. Thank you so much for your time here on ESPN. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Roll tide. Uh, it's our pleasure. Look, the Jalen Milrow, that attitude, Amber, is so infectious. And now, you, I mean, once you hear his attitude, you now know after losing to Texas, being benched against South Florida, being the ultimate teammate, now you understand how he was able to come past that and now evolve as a quarterback and a true leader of that team. And I love that advice that Nick Saban gave him. Don't let the previous play impact the next one. And he's embraced it, and now you're seeing this guy just continue to get better and better every week. What amazes me about Nick Saban is that he can still reach these kids, right? I mean, they're kids to Nick Saban. I recognize that legally they're other kids to me and you, <laughs> frankly, but they're certainly kids to Nick Saban. That he can still reach these kids in that way, that he can say something and it's so impactful, that he still knows how to sort of communicate with them. I mean, it's one thing, the X's and O's, because that changes some over the years, but you could understand how Nick Saban would be great at that. Fine. But it's the reaching of the student athlete across generations. It just boggles my mind. These guys are so much younger than him. I mean, you know, this is a man who's been coaching his entire life and for him to still be reaching these kids in that way in his seventies and truly having an impact, knowing how to speak their language, so to speak, when every generation is so drastically different from the next. It's pretty remarkable. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian. If you want, oh, this is what James wrote on my screen. He wrote on my screen, if you want to do the Joe Burrow Mahomes thing, because James and I were just arguing. <laughs> we were just arguing All right, Ron, off air. Miss right, Burgundy. Well, you did write it on my screen. I put it in, in parentheses. Oh, okay. we're doing color apparently meant. So we will do call or relay. If you want to call in triple eight, say ESPN, but also Ian, and you missed this conversation, James and I were having off air. Chad Ocho Cinco, it, Chad Ocho Cinco said that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL when he's healthy. And James went nuts that it's ridiculous. And I said, there is an argument to be what? made when Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are both perfectly healthy. There's an argument to be made. And James 
absolutely thinks there is not. So we will get into some of that, but also join the conversation about anything you want, your hottest takes, anything we've discussed tonight on Amber and Ian, 888-729-3776. So we are going to try to make James Steele insane with anger in just moments. We are proud, though, here at ESPN to recognize that it's Veterans Week. As we honor all military personnel who are actively serving, veterans who have served, and those who made the ultimate sacrifice, we want to make sure that military personnel and military spouses everywhere are aware of ESPN's continued support of disabled American veterans, career fairs, which connect veterans and spouses with employers nationwide who are committed to hiring them. To learn more, visit DAV.org. Nice. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me at Amber W Sports. We are going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. So if you want to join the conversation here on Amber and Ian, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Not 3776, Ian. Get your head out of the gut. It's 3776. I, 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 I'm way past that. That was last week. <laughs> Uh, I'm not entirely past that. I'm not sure I ever will be. But a little it gun is, shy? It is uh, 3776. So you can call us. You can join the conversation. Bring us your hottest takes. Anything you've heard on tonight's show. Anything, period. Frankly, bring us whatever your sports takes you've got. And we will play Call of Roulette in just a moment. But How first, do you feel Chuck, about Jason Kelsey being a finalist for Sexiest Man of the Year? That could be one of your phone calls. By the way, Jason Kelsey is everywhere on Thursday Night Football. I mean everywhere. He was in the booth. They're doing things on him now. It, it's, I mean, how long was Jason Kelsey in that television booth for? It felt uh, like the entire quarter. The entire second quarter for the most so part. By the way, 10-9, to 9, Carolina leads Chicago at the half. 10-9. to 9. If you got the under, you're going to be sweating like me. So, and also, you're sweating because your brother's coaching in this game. So, there's that. 87-yard punt return. Special there teams. There we Special go. teams, baby. That's what we need. This game between the Bears and the Panthers, the Bears are in the rare win-win, lose-win situation because they have the Panthers draft pick, whereas the Panthers are sort of just like in a lose-lose-lose-lose situation, unfortunately for your brother. But, again, special teams. Big ups to special teams. That's all that matters, and hopefully the Panthers do pull through here with the dub. We are rooting Love for that. Love how you get on roller skates every now and they're like, wait, 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 wait hold but, on but, a minute. But, but, but we're rooting for the Panthers. Uh, Chad Ochocinco, he said that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the National Football League when healthy, meaning he's better than Patrick Mahomes, James Steele, a resident Chiefs fan. He went nuts. He said it's nonsense. It's just not true. What do you make of this, Ian? It's his opinion. It's neither fact nor fiction. I mean, it's one man's opinion. So, okay. I mean, he, he was the Cincinnati Bengal. So, of course, he's going to go with his team. So, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, that's his opinion. So, what? He may be, I mean, in James's eyes, he's going to be incorrect because James's opinion, which is also neither fact nor fiction, is that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. So, it's all in the eye of the beholder in a focus group of one. My opinion is fact. There's, like, certifiable oh, no. proof. That Patrick Actually, Mahomes let's look up is the definition the best of what, what is the proof? No, I mean, <laughs> now it depends what category you're going by here. We've well, seen Patrick I don't think Mahomes. It does, well, I can. You Wins? want me to make the argument for Joe Burrow? I mean, when we've also Touchdowns? seen Patrick Mahomes play Yards? in a lot more games. Like we've seen Patrick Mahomes play in 89 games. We've seen Joe Burrow play in 50 in the National P- Football League. So, so the numbers are going to be very hard to compare. Completion percentage wise, 
Joe Burrow gets the nod. He's better than Patrick Mahomes in terms of completion percentage. This is according to our friends at StatMuse. There you go. Interceptions, Joe Burrow has less. Again, less games, though. So there's that. I mean, there are categories here, James, that I can pull where Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. So you can make the argument. I'm not going to be able to make the argument when it comes to rings and all that sort of stuff that you're going to start throwing out there. But Joe Burrow is a hell of a quarterback when he's healthy. The problem with Joe Burrow is he ain't always healthy. Five straight AFC championship games. That's just win. That's win. Two Super Bowls. He's gone to three. One, two. Is Eli Manning how the many, greatest quarterback how of all time? Time? I mean, we can name no, quarterbacks yes, who've won Super Bowls. Wait, hold on. Trent hold Delfer on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second, James. James and Amber. the only barometer. Hang on a second. Let me ask you guys some serious. Are you, are you guys big believers in numbers? It depends what numbers we're talking about. If they support James's argument, then yes, we're uh, a big fan. You know, completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, ints. I mean, just numbers. I'm not a big believer in numbers, but some yeah. are. You are. I mean, okay. how, how do you? How do you? Who has the most passing yards so far this season at the midway point? I'm, I well, don't. Know. I would imagine. But be I Zach actually Wilson. don't have it in front of me. I guess I would imagine. Hold on. Patrick no, Mahomes, no, no googling. Hold on. Hold on. Tua Tagovailoa leads the NFL in passing yards. Oh, you're talking all quarterbacks. I thought you were talking yes. between these. Yeah, two. no, I, no, all of them. Yes, two. Just talking about yes. who, who, if we're yes, talking I about who the best is right now, okay. who has the highest completion percentage in the NFL right now at the midway point? Might be Tua. <laughs> it is Tua Tagovailoa. Who has the most touchdowns at the midway point? It is who, Tua. That's Tua. It is also Tua. Is Tua the best quarterback in the league? Yes. No, <laughs> but. So you can make. I mean, it's it's all in the eye of the beholder. Is my point. So I mean, who cares if, if Chad Ochocinco slash Johnson from Oregon State believes that Joe Burrow is? He's a bingle. Of course, he's going to back his guy. Hell, Joe Burrow finally made the Brown family build an indoor f- facility. The Bengals are going to a local high school to practice indoors. That's embarrassing. You're an NFL team. Burrow got that done. So I mean, he's going to back his guy. You're going to back your guy. You're going to back your guy. My guy's. Derek Carr. I'm not arguing. <laughs> My guy is Tua, obviously, because I'm a huge Dolphins fan. And I, and although the Dolphins have the best offense in the NFL this season, and, and statistically, and all the numbers show that, I'm not arguing that Tua is the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I think Joe Burrow and, and Patrick Mahomes are better quarterbacks than Tua Tungvaloa, and that's me saying that as a as a Dolphins fan. But I, I, I don't think it's the most outlandish thing I've ever too. heard to say Joe. It is outlandish. It's not outlandish. To say when Joe's healthy. That he's better. That to me is not is not outlandish. In quarterback tiers in the NFL, there's one guy at the top, and he has two Super Bowl rings. He has two MVPs. He's thrown for five thousand yards in two or three seasons. He's thrown for fifty touchdown passes in a season. He is the guy. He is he the was also on much better teams. He was on much better teams than Joe Burrow. Joe was Burrow on. is throwing to Jamar Chase and T. He Higgins and Tyler Boyd. We were talking about Joe. He's also running Joe for Burrow his life. should pull at Eli Manning. They were talking about it the, when he got drafted. The Chiefs by the hadn't he won went into a Super Bowl a very different situation. In, the Chiefs hadn't won a Super Bowl in 15 years before. But it's a very Mahomes good Chiefs team now. I mean, a much better team around him than Burrow was working with. Burrow still isn't working with an O line. Heck, and that man can't stay healthy. So that factors into this as well. Chad Ojosinko did say when Joe Burrow's healthy. You look at the entire package of Mahomes, he has everything. He is the best quarterback in the league. There's no question about it. Tier one, everyone else. I can't else believe is below. you guys are arguing over Chad Ochocinco's opinion I of think that Mahomes Ian, or, Bur- or Burrow. I think Ian made a hell of an argument that Tua is, in fact, the best quarterback in the National Football League. Right? He's so having the Sam best Howell. season this year. Congrats to Tua. <laughs> there you go. Coming Mahomes up next. beat him.